0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: It's a gridiron stud show, and a promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe, with Amo, Talamino, and the other host you already know. Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up, give us a call, we're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call, so don't sit around, no time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall, and now we give you our two hosts. Amo and Chad with your breakfast toast.
2: Stud Show Football Friday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino here with you, trying to get our act together. Emil, is your act together? Because I'm not sure if mine is.
3: It's it's barely together. It's early, buddy. Yeah, I'm trying to shake it off,
2: as Taylor Swift says. But nevertheless,
4: we're here. It's Friday. It's an
2: NFL championship weekend. Hey, man, I don't think uh, we've had... An NFL Championship Weekend featuring four quarterbacks like the ones that we have this
3: weekend. No, we'd have well, we'd have to go back and look, but probably not. Well, three of them are definitely Hall of Famers, is, you know, with Brady and Rogers and 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 then you've obviously got Ryan, who's playing like a Hall of Famer. So I guess you know, you could probably make that argument. Yes, that's probably a fair a fair assessment.
2: Yeah, I mean, we'd have to go back and research it, but uh, I don't I don't know that we've had it. I don't think we had uh i don't think we had four quarterbacks like this back in the in the aikman dallas days um i'd have to think back
3: to uh, well we San had aikman and young go against each other a couple times yeah right. but then
2: i don't i'm not sure what we had on the other side you know what i mean so
0: um, right, right and then i right. have
2: to i'd have to think back maybe i have to you know i'd have to go back and look at the super bowl uh where where marino faced off against montana i do believe
3: uh, uh, I've got the, it the for
2: Dolphins. you. You do the Dolphins. The ninety-two, the
3: ninety-two, Chad, AFC Championship game, I believe. and I'm not a hundred percent on this. Ninety-two w- was was Kelly Marino, and the oh. NFC side was Aikman Young. And then ninety-three, I know for a fact was Kelly against Montana when Montana had went to KC.
0: That was a championship uh, game
3: last year. Yes.
2: And then what do we have on the NFC yeah. side?
3: Aikman and Young. They played
2: every year for about four
3: years. <laughs> Good.
2: Well, I stand corrected. But if uh we'll have to see what Matt Ryan's career ends up being. Um never in a game have we had passers like we've got now, and that's you know right. rules and, and things of that nature. But uh, yeah, this is a great a great weekend of matchups. Um uh, as you've got Aaron Rodgers taking on Matt Ryan and you've got uh Tom Brady. Taking on Ben Roethlisberger, we'll have to uh, definitely have to uh, check in and see how this thing is going to pan out. Distractions are a part of this thing. Um, Tom Brady's having uh, well, not Tom Brady, but uh, Bill Belichick is having none of it. Um, you got to love his interviews. Uh, press conference this week. Question. Give everybody
3: the quotes, because honestly, when you sent me those, the, when I saw those, those literally did make me laugh out loud. Go ahead. W- what does he call that stuff? Go ahead. Oh, I, you know, I've been on. I, I wasn't even going to talk about <laughs> Okay, oh, oh, yeah, I want to know I that. want I want the audience to know what Bill Belichick calls social media because honestly that uh, was that made was. me laugh cuz I know damn well he knows what the names are but I just like the way Bill Bill puts it. Go ahead. How, what does he yeah, not I'm, pay attention to?
2: I'm not I'm not really on uh, SnapFace or or anything like that. Uh, so
3: <laughs>
2: I could care less what anyone's saying on InstaChat. InstaChat, right?
3: Didn't he call it InstaChat or something like <laughs> that? About <I'm> <laughs> on Snapchat and InstaChat.
2: Man, I got to go do a search right now to see if Bill Belichick is on Snapchat just to see how much he's full of crap. Uh, Nevertheless, though, he was asked this question as well during the week. Um, How much does home field advantage mean to you in this game? And the quick deadpan reply was, I don't know, actually Dallas and Kansas City. Like, come on, Bill. What is your aim in each one of these press conferences? And then, you know, what's funny. I think he'll end his career and go go in media. How's that sound?
3: (laughs) Listen, you want to know what his his aim is at every press conference? It's so he doesn't get fined. I honestly believe there's not a man in the world who detests probably more than Parcells. Parcells actually like to toy with the media, like a cat when he catches a mouse before he kills it. He would stand up there and play with them. I think Belichick truly detests being up there. I, you know,
2: I don't, I'm don't. i not sure on that yet. I mean, he's an intelligent man. He knows that media grows the game, but he's not going to indulge in that to the extent to which he um, lowers the odds and chances of his team being ready for the game coming up. So, um, yeah, I, I think anyone in this day and age can get annoyed by the media. I mean, ask Russell Westbrook or anyone else. Um, I, they understand that it's a good reason why they're getting paid the millions that they're being paid to play this game. But um, sometimes you know you just you can get annoyed by the questions it's just absolutely ridiculous some of them that you get and so i think he goes in every press conference expecting to get some of the most ridiculous questions that he you know
3: that anyone can get yeah but you know you know part of the problem you can't blame it. here's here's my take on why the media has gotten sillier and sillier besides social media i mean that's a whole different animal just the tv media when you and i were younger in our in our youth when we were kids these games, you know, there, there really wasn't the outlets there, there are today. So, you know, maybe by Friday night, you know, an ESPN would start covering these games, and you'd get some talk Friday, and then you'd have a different group talk on Saturday, and bang, then you'd play the game. Today, as soon as the game ends on Sunday, they've got to start filling airtime from Sunday evening. all On all these channels that I keep mentioning, Over, every time we have a show we talk about how, how much you know how much sports is out there they've got to fill seven days worth of air time so what you really get is people talking about the game incessantly different people with different opinions by the time you could watch one channel and by the end of the week you'll have 50 to 60 different opinions so by the time the game comes around if you watch too much of this stuff it's almost anticlimactic I, I don't watch it during the week honestly I try to stay away from it because I don't want to ruin the game for myself Amel, I don't even watch the pregame shows.
2: I, I mean, I can't. I don't Neither enjoy, do
3: I. Honest to God, yeah, I'm I not don't, just agree with you. Enjoy, Neither do I.
2: Yeah, Amal, I didn't enjoy pregame as a player. I damn sure don't enjoy it as a coach. I just hate it. Um, and so as a fan, for me to sit there and do pregame, there's, I mean, there isn't anything really that I want to hear other than, uh, you know,
0: the,
2: this thing getting started and kicked off. I, I'm not interested in any of that pre. And you know what? I don't know. Pregame shows. You know, a lot of what you talk about has been talked about in the week leading up to the game anyway. And I'm not just talking about the Super Bowl. I'm talking about your regular your football games because we have so much uh, information available to us right away on SnapFace and InstaChat that it just <laughs> it just does not You know, you're not bringing anything new in the pregame where you no, might. No, and you know that's the- why.
3: We- when we do our show this time of year, you know, I you know, we we try not to make the these two games the only part of the show because honestly, we're each going to give you an opinion of how we think the game's going to go, and our opinion will be out there with 4 million other opinions and nobody really knows until you play. I mean, during the week, it's you know, when you have 15 pro games and 100 college games, you know, you may glean some some different insights from listening to people about what you didn't know about a particular game, an injury, you know, just a facet of it. But when there's two games like this or four games like last weekend, how much new information can you get from any show, really? I mean, it, no, you know, there's only – Not much. And
2: I, I'll tell you, as a kid, though, I did like the pregames. I did like the Jimmy DeGreek and Brent Musburger and Irv Cross and Phyllis George. I, I, well, I enjoyed that he, stuff.
3: Yeah, but you're also you gotta put context to that. You know, you're you're almost my age. You were a kid in the late seventies, early eighties. There wasn't this free flow of information out there. I mean remember, and I don't know so how it worked because you were in a major on Sunday. Right, yeah, but you were in New York City, right in LA in, in your childhood. I was. So Yeah, so you were in media outlets. Now you got a picture, you know, here I am in a little suburb next to Scranton. When when the Dodgers played, uh, when I was a little kid, like eight years old, the mid-70s, when they were playing on the West Coast at night, I would get up in the morning, and, and I'm a little kid, make my father turn on the radio, local channel that would give the sports every 20 minutes, and the news so I could get the final score. You know, I was a goofy kid. I used to beat my dad to the door for the paper to see if I could fi- – I used to call the local paper and ask them for the final score because this is how things worked back then. I mean, people didn't realize that it wasn't like you just pull out your phone and say, oh, won the Dodger game last night. It didn't work no. like that. No, not <laughs> at all. You had, to, you had to get the newspaper. And
2: you know what used to piss me off, Emil, and I know you went through this, is uh, if the Dodger game started late enough or went a little long – You'd get that paper in the morning, opening it up, looking for the score, and you would get incomplete in the newspaper.
3: Oh, no, that's exactly what I'm – well, I always got – remember, I was here in a little town. You may have gotten it in New York sometimes, but in in where I lived, it was almost always incomplete. So I I actually – you know, here I am, eight, nine years old. I'm not making this up. I'd call the local sports department. After a (laughs) while, they know it's a little kid. They know know you're a Dodgers fan. And I'd say, can you tell me who won – the Dodger-Padre game last night, and they'd say, "Sure," and they'd get me to score. That's all. <laughs> I, mean,
2: <laughs> I think I'd have
3: sat up there and lied to you and told you they lost every time. That's the kind of sick pup I am. No, man, Dodgers yeah, lost. Yeah, you probably would have.
1: The but they were nice
3: to me. They knew I was a little kid, so leave leave them alone. They were nice people. Oh yeah, I'd have done that one.
2: Thirteen back to back know Ryan you would. Slams, man.
3: Dodgers lost again in the buddy. ninth. Tommy <laughs> Lasorda did another bat rack in, son. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, man, but yeah, I mean, think about that. If kids now had to go through something like that, you go, you grab the newspaper, it says incomplete, there's nothing to call, man, other than that newspaper, and if they feel like being nice to you, there's no, there's no logging on to anything, there's no typing anything in no. the browser, you're just not getting that score. You're waiting well, until Tuesday to get that Sunday night
1: Did game Did you go score.
3: through this when you were in school? Were you guys still on like encycl- you, you were not that much younger than I mean, me. You were still on encyclopedias, like when you were a little kid, and they oh, say, yeah. Okay, I want you to do a paper on the country of Ghana, and you'd have to go figure out who has G in the neighborhood. I hate it. Oh.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, and it would seem like the perfect
1: opportunity
2: for the the uh, representative from Britannica to uh, show up to the house and sell you the big encyclopedia set. They used to do that, go door to door selling encyclopedia sets. And a matter of fact, I'm, and uh, my wife's parents home they still got the set sitting up in there <laughs> so that's how you get yeah, your I mean,
3: this is true there's no reason I'm to be
2: dumb now how do you get a how do you get an f on a paper now
3: i honestly if i i look at kids today i'm jealous i mean a lot of people say they'll try to be nostalgic and tell you how something was better years ago and you know a certain aspects sure there's little things that i wish were different but you know at the end of the day if you're a kid today, you, you're living in the greatest time in the history of the world. Don't let any old people tell you that anything was better 50 or 60 or 70 years ago. It wasn't. You have a phone. There's no reason to be stupid. You can look up everything as long as you can Pretty figure much. out what stuff is real. I mean, that's the only Yeah, why do you, why do you even ask
2: questions out? anymore? It's right there at your fingertips, you know? So.
3: Yeah, it's Crazy. <laughs>
2: Yeah, wonderful time to be alive, as they say. So, uh, nevertheless, uh, we've got got great matchups here this weekend. Can't wait to dive into them a little bit. Uh, I I don't know how much we talked about this, or maybe we did on Monday. I don't remember. Uh, But the whole Antonio Brown situation, he's apologized for it. Man, you know, I think think given the opportunity, man, A.B. would probably do that again. That's just
3: how I feel. Yeah, he probably would. But let me ask you this. I've been thinking about this. Do you think any of that was 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 played? Here's the thing. Let me, let me take you through this. Tomlin's not a stupid guy, and Anthony Brown certainly knows Mike Tomlin. Do you think Antonio Brown? Excuse me. Do you think that there's any chance there's a conspiracy here, and Tomlin let let it, let him do it just just because he wanted to get his message out that hey, we're not scared of these guys. I mean, you th- I mean, is, am I getting too too? Am I thinking too hard about this?
2: Uh I think maybe you you might be I, I, especially under the type of scrutiny that um, Tomlin's been under lately I just don't think that's a hand he'd play right now. Um I mean uh, I mean yeah does, if, because what he really
3: want to be on tape is calling the Patriots rectal orifices.
2: Well god, when you put it like that it almost sounds scientific like it would be something good. If you're gonna, we're you're gonna, gonna go out
3: there and we're gonna we're gonna take care of these rectal orifices. If he said it like that, it probably wouldn't be a bad thing,
2: right? Yeah, that'd <laughs> probably make him the weirdest coach that ever lived. I'll tell you what. Um, I've been in some locker rooms, of course, and that's a that's from a language standpoint pretty damn tame. Uh, now, if you Facebook Live some locker rooms I'd been in, it'd, it'd be a whole lot of. They'd still be explaining what the hell went on there. So,
3: um, but probably, yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm sure. Curtis Tomlin, the biggest thing that he did there was call the Patriots an a hole. Uh, Yeah, man, that could have that could have been a a whole lot worse. So
3: uh, yeah, I don't know. That did you know about that? But that's not smart for you know what's not smart for Brown. Your brother, by the way, was arguing about this, and he's trying to say that you know what's the big deal. But here's my point: Do I think the Patriots were not going to try on Sunday? No, they were going to try. But why give them one centella? or whatever word you want to use, of extra focus than they already have because God knows they don't need it. I mean, there's no point to doing that if you're Brown. Like, how does that help your team?
2: Do you believe in that, though? Do you you believe in that extra motivation when it comes to a game like this? You know, maybe I understand uh, a game, week five, you just played a divisional opponent, now you're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, and, um, and you have a, you know, maybe it's is the pick me up you might need but this is the this is the uh, AFC championship game
3: no i don't believe, believe in that? the motivation part whereas if they're going to you know they're going to come out of the locker room with their hair on fire no i don't believe in that part but what i do believe in is you may you know maybe you get a guy who's just pissed off about it and he watches film an extra 15 minutes during the week just because he wants to be completely ready i mean i don't know you know i just why even put that out there for, for, you know, why give them anything? In other words, there's no point to it. It didn't help the Steelers. I think,
2: um, no, it, it doesn't. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of stuck on it. I do believe in extra motivation because I've lived that, you know, uh, just off the top of my head. I just remember my senior year, uh, at Miami and we were underdogs at home against Florida state. And Yeah. It's Florida State week. You're gonna go all out, but that just made it even more intense for us. You know what I mean? So uh, right. Yeah, and maybe that, uh,
3: maybe you did something that week that 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 you would have said ah, I'm I'm ready. And maybe you did something for an extra ten minutes. I don't know. Maybe somebody did something for an extra ten minutes that made them a, a tad bit more prepared, whether it was film or whatever they did, and. It had an impact on the game. You don't know. But what I'm trying to say, why put it out there? It's not, if it's not helping your team, who cares what it does for the other team? There's just no point. You're not helping the Steelers in that case. The Steelers no, not, are no, no better off because you put your video up.
2: Yeah, well, here's the deal. It was a live video. So, um, you know, it's being streamed live. You don't know what's going to be said. Uh, you know, you're going to say what you say in the locker room because you do believe it to be private. That's the expectation if you're in the locker room, uh, especially if you're a head coach giving a post-game speech. And uh, for Antonio Brown, by no means am I excusing. It's as stupid. It's about as dumb a thing as he's ever done. I'd take the little twerk sessions all day, every day over this.
3: Uh, but you don't know what's going to be said. So. Um, and you don't know what's going to slither across that, screen, across that screen either, if you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a problem. There could be a snake or two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Um uh, in that
2: particular time in the post game I, I don't think you'd reach that point where guys are hitting the showers you That's never know
3: buddy point. i've seen so i've seen some pretty weird post games these last four or five years <laughs> yeah well
2: um hence another reason why you don't want to go live and post content uh from right after a game so uh yeah just a little bit of a distraction this week uh you know, it's going to be fun breaking down That Green Bay Packers-Atlanta Falcons game And we're going to need to do that So I'm going to jump into a break when we get back, we'll get into the meat and potatoes Of these two games As we're only on here with you for 45 minutes today A quick one uh, But again, we're, we're, we're going to get to the heart of the matter After we take this break Stay with us, it's the Gridiron Stead Show
0: Mike Wilmer, Wilmer. Wilmer. And okay. Hey, no flex
1: Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love
4: excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Studs show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code Studs when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code Studs. Do it now!
2: WrestleMania Three at the Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan. It's a day that I'm certain my guests at this time will not forget. I'm talking about the former intercontinental champion of the world, Macho Man that Randy. That means
0: nothing. nothing. Nothing, nothing means nothing. Man. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in, but the cream will rise to the top for oh, yeah, Macho Madness, yeah, has got more to offer than President Jack Tunney thinks that I got, yeah. And I'm going to tell you something right now. Cards stacked against the Macho Man, Ready Savage, in WrestleMania 3. Yeah, let me say it, yeah. Let me say it loud. And let me point to the president of the World Wrestling Federation. The macho man Randy Savage is not happy with your decision. Yeah. I am the cream in the World Wrestling Federation. And there is no doubt about it. Yeah, you mean Gene Okerlund. You know that I'm the cream of the crop Wait, wait a minute, though, Randy, I've got to ask you very seriously. Do you blame Mr. Jack Tunney, the distinguished president of the World Wrestling Federation, for Ricky Steamboat being the Intercontinental Champion today? Yeah, I do, yeah. Oh, fine interference, yeah. In my moment of glory. Yeah, no, I'm living in a nightmare.
2: I could do the uh, Randy Macho Man Savage on continuous loop. I, I really could do that. Him and Roddy Piper, I could do that. I can take a 45-minute drive up the interstate and just put them two on a loop and laugh my head off for an entire 45-minute drive. I really
3: could. Oh, those, those are the best. Those two guys, they were great. I mean, these younger guys, man, they need to get on YouTube and find some of those interviews with those two. They were hysterical.
2: Guys like that really built the WWE to what it is today. It's a shame that the that the uh, the industry is not as large when those guys were there. Now I don't know would they have been that creative. I have no idea. It's like they were almost uh, starving to get eyeballs on them back then. Where that's not the case now. It's a billion dollar uh, game, believe it or not. Um, but but those dudes there were just extremely creative. And I, you know, I was a wrestling nut growing up. I don't I don't watch this me stuff too. now. But um, you couldn't tell me that wrestling was fake, because then I'd fight you right there. You're going straight into a pile drive move. You try and tell me wrestling is fake. That's how big I was into it. And it's just, those dudes were super creative, um, and I could I just love listening to
3: them. We used to do, we used to do these wrestling matches in high school. We'd do them in the locker room. <laughs> we'd be jumping off benches and stuff.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, coming off the top. I, I mean, my yeah. four younger cousins... Uh, got put in figure four leg locks and stuff like that that they didn't belong in, um, all for the sake of duplicating what we saw on. It. And you had to get up early Saturday morning too. It was not so readily available. There was no Monday night Raw. Um, that just wasn't no. happening. You had to get your behind up at six seven o'clock on a Saturday um, to to catch any type of wrestling going on. And God forbid here. here you know, you have a favorite wrestler. Everyone has a favorite wrestler if you're watching wrestling. And I would get so pissed off, Emil, to get up on a Saturday hoping to see uh, Ivan Putski, the Polish Hammer, and then he wasn't on that Saturday. And you, I mean, you got to go another week now. It would piss me the hell off.
3: You know, who my favorite guy was Roddy Piper. Yeah, well, yeah. I
2: I think Piper came after someone like a, a an Ivan Putski. Oh, he Tony did. Yeah, Putski was in that
3: like... era with Bob Backlund. Chief Jay Strongbow, remember him? Ricky
2: the Dragon, <laughs> Steamboat, um, you know, uh, all of them, all the them good guys. Jimmy who recently passed away, if I'm not correct. I can't even trust information. He did. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. you know, I saw that story, and I'm like,
3: uh, did he pass away before,
2: and is this someone just regurgitating this news, and,
3: and they make no, people look stupid? No, he passed away just the other day. No, Have he you passed away Matt? the other day. You were right.
2: Have you seen that phenomenon, though, where you would have someone that died three, four years ago? I've been caught like this. Died three, four years ago, and then someone posted on their timeline like it just happened 20 minutes ago, and you go, oh, my God. Man, this, hey, listen, he died four years ago. Relax already. Yeah, my wife, my wife
3: did that the other day. Somebody did it to her. She's like, oh, my God, uh, Norman Schwarzkopf died. I said, honey, he died four years ago. <laughs> I mean, it's,
2: he's past the stinking stage. He's bones now, honey.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: he's gone. I he's said. a fossil. He bait. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry about um, it. He's happy. Yeah, that's he's up there one another tinatra. one of the reasons I love the internet. But uh, nevertheless, man, big time games coming up this weekend. Emil. we gotta pick them. We gotta pick these games. It's gonna be, I think, two very damn good football games. Uh, the NFL's got to be rubbing their hands together, Birdman style, over what it is they have for matchups here. Um, I, I, I don't think. Listen, he's an outstanding quarterback, and we'll break down the NFC Championship game first. Um, he's, he's been an outstanding quarterback, but I don't know that Aaron Rodgers has played any better than he has the last two weeks at any time in his career. Agree or disagree?
3: Oh, no, no, no. The, well, look at this run they're on. They won eight games in a row. You and I, when you were talking to me off the ledge this week, I mean, you know, they won eight games in a row. I told you during the week, it's not sour grapes. I really don't think the Packers are a better team than the Cowboys, but he's just a buzzsaw right now, the way he was playing in that game. And, you know, at the end of the day, he he got the ball one last time. Now, this week they find themselves in a similar situation. They're a a five-and-a-half-point underdog at Atlanta. Um, What say you about this particular matchup? Oh, you? I I need to go first. Is that what you're telling me? Why don't you go first? I I, need to go I go for, first. Hey, listen, my my pick is simple on this game. I think that last week, regardless of how well Rodgers played, took a lot out of the Packers. If you watch that game, that game was was there was body blows being thrown in the second half of that game. The Packers defense was gassed, and. Even Packer fans understand had the Cowboys gotten that ball one more time, the Packers weren't stopping them. I, I think it's a lot to ask Rodgers to go to and beat a pretty complete Atlanta team. I told you on Monday's show, I felt Atlanta was being misjudged and undervalued all season. They had the second-highest point differential in the league, higher than Dallas. Dallas was third. That means Atlanta was not a fluke and if you look, they've won on the road, they've won in some tough places, I just, I think this game is going to be Atlanta, now I think Green Bay will score a lot of points, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if this is a 44-33 game, or something like that, I just don't know where Green Bay gets stops in this game, because, you know, Atlanta can run the ball, maybe not quite as well as Dallas, but they have a two-headed attack with Freeman, and the kid from Indiana, whose name always eludes me, but, uh, Coleman, they, you know they have they, you know so they have two good backs. They have a pretty good offensive line. Um, they have Julio Jones, who for my money is the best receiver in football. And I just don't know where the stops come for Green Bay. I think Green Bay will score, but I think Atlanta can get enough stops at home, and and get some pressure. You know with Beasley, hopefully without without blitzing. See, Dallas had a blitz Rodgers. If Beasley can get any kind of pressure on his own, that makes Rodgers' day a little bit harder. So I'm going to take Atlanta minus the five and a half. Um, I'd love to disagree
2: with you here just to add more intrigue to what's going to be a good weekend of matchups, but I, I can't, uh, earlier in this year, uh, Green Bay went to Atlanta and they got into a nice little shootout and it would lend you just to the naked eyes, the layman out there, it'd make you feel really good about Green Bay in this game because they've already gone to it, uh, you know, to Atlanta and done well, Atlanta ended up winning the game, by the way, I'm sorry on that, but they ended up winning the game 33, 32. But Green Bay made a good showing for themselves. In that game, though, Emil, um, Aaron Rodgers, two two things that jump out at me from the box score. Aaron Rodgers rushed for 60 yards in the game. Don't think that'll happen again. Um, there'll be some adjustments made to that game plan. And uh, Julio Jones was held to 29 yards receiving in that game. I Look, Atlanta has to know. Um, you're going to have to feed Julio in this game. The Packers are on their practice squad. Uh, cornerbacks right now and you know you and I were texting each other during the game last week between Dallas and Green Bay and I was pretty much telling you when Dallas fell down 21-3 the rest of this game needs to be Zeke and Dez, Zeke and Dez and I just I don't think they went to Dez Brian enough uh, when they fell behind. They funny you say, it's
3: funny you say that I watched the game again let me tell you something Dez was nine for 132 with two, with two touchdowns which is she only the 14th yards. guy to have them yeah, he he should have had 200 yards in that game. If they threw the ball to him three or four more times, he has one of those games that's like 13-200 with three touchdowns. So he was wide open. I mean,
2: wide yeah, open. Yeah, he, he had a matchup that he could have abused all day long. And at some point, Green Bay would have had to do something to get uh, help. Um, and at that point, that's when you can go back to these. You know, to get help, you probably put two safeties back there. And now it's time to run. Um, the number one rusher in the NFL and I would have just played that back and forth game and then one thing's just if they stop them too then you go hit uh, Whitten over the middle move the chains and then you just start the whole process again uh, this is a really bad matchup I think you and I can agree Julio Jones better wide receiver than Des Bryant um, oh, so
0: best receiver yeah, yeah. in football as
2: far as I'm concerned exactly and so and then the Falcons do have a legitimate running game so if the Falcons can uh, just be smart about this and do what Dallas didn't do and exploit that matchup, Julio Jones, on whoever it is they line up on them, until they start getting some serious help over there and then run the hell out of the football. I think Atlanta could just move up and down the field kind of in the same fashion in which they did in the last matchup. O- only they did it without uh, – they did it without – Without uh, Jones. W- without <laughs> Jones being a part of it. Uh, Muhammad Sanu was the right. one who had the big day. So, uh, um, you know, Atlanta's going to be able to score and, and – equal anything that Green Bay is doing offensively listen Aaron Rodgers dancing around in the pocket and buying six seven eight seconds is the scariest thing in the world for uh, anyone on defense especially a secondary but I'm with you I think Atlanta can get can get a pass rush without a blitz and they're playing pretty damn good in their secondary right now better than you know that that's a better secondary right now than what Dallas had so I don't see going that way Uh, for the Packers the way that it did last week and yes maybe there are maybe they'll be a little bit burnt out you had the Giants then you had the Cowboys now you got the Falcons I think it's the end of the road for Green Bay and while this number might look large to uh John Q public you know the Packers just they've been all the talk this week and now they're five point underdogs I'm not biting the cheese I'm gonna go with Atlanta and
3: It's funny, my partner here, because he's a coach, gets testy when I question coaching. But like I said, I thought the Dallas coaches had a great year this year, but I thought that was their worst game of the year. I mean, I really think the things you just highlighted, um, had they been done, you know, you'd have a different matchup this week. And I think Atlanta will will exploit those after watching it on film, what you just pointed out. I think they'll say, man, Dez should have went for 200. We're going to make sure Jones goes for 200. (laughs) I mean, you know that simple
2: organization and have them be the powerhouse to go to go sit up there now and, and, and fire this guy would be ridiculous. will you back on with me?
3: I am, I am. I am. I don't know what part you caught. I, I was closing out the Atlanta no, you, game. You talked about how you were questioning the, the coaching and the yeah, and I think the, the coaches weekend. from Atlanta will pick up on the stuff that you pointed out very very aptly that I think they'll they'll be able to see on film exactly what Dallas did wrong and not exploiting that matchup more, and I think that's why Green Bay's in trouble this week, and now we move on to this game, and I don't know if you put the line out there. New England is a six-point favorite against the Steelers.
2: Yeah, Uh, and I guess I'll talk first on this one. Listen, Emil, I've not, and I'm on record for saying this, I've not been overly impressed with the New England Patriots this season um you know it's made for a great story they suspended tom couldn't play the first four games he comes back in a blaze of glory um he did come back against the cleveland browns and it's been a season long by and large against uh mediocre teams and not the best quarterbacks. so your defense gets to look better if you just go back and look at who the patriots have played um they haven't been tested a whole heck of a lot and th- when they did get tested by a team like the seattle seahawks they ended up losing the game but you know, when time came back, they played the Browns. We know what they are. The Bengals, we know what they are. Yes, they went to Pittsburgh, and, uh, you know, they beat the Steelers. So, I get that. That's who's coming in here. But uh, after that, it's the Bills. Uh, we talked about the Seahawks, then the 49ers, the Jets, the Rams. How about that three-game stretch? Um, you mm-hmm. played Flacco. That was almost a game you could have lost. Broncos, Jets, Dolphins. I mean, yeah. how much have you been tested this year if you are the uh, New England Patriots? You know, I'm not, I'm not sure that they've been tested uh, as much as um, one, one would think you would need to be for a game like this. And then when I look at that first matchup, um, the Patriots held Le'Veon Bell in check, 81 yards, rushing on 21 carries, no touchdowns for him. Um, they had a hard time stopping Antonio Brown, but they kept him out of the end zone. What's the chances of these two things happening again? And then, mind you, uh, you know, here's the biggest point of that first matchup. They played against Landry Jones. It wasn't Ben right. Roethlisberger. So that's a big thing there to consider. But what's the chances of these two things happening? Holding Le'Veon Bell under 100 yards rushing again, keeping Antonio Brown out of the end zone. No, uh, you, know,
3: I, you know, I hear everything you're saying in this game. And what concerns me about the Steelers, though, is when I go back and I look at their road splits, when the mm-hmm. Steelers are home, like most teams are better at home, but, but it's a drastic difference. I mean, last week in Kansas City, you know, I mean that was that was the Steelers' struggle on the road. That's my concern. I mean, they scored 18 points in a game, and that game honestly should not have been close. The Steelers went up and down the field, but then you could say, well, Kansas City's good in the red zone, well, so is New England, and mm-hmm. and that's really my concern with the Pittsburgh Steelers. When you get them on the road, they're a different team offensively than they are at home. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I went through, I looked at some of the road games, and I said. You know, they got hammered by the Eagles on the road. Granted, it was early. They got hammered by the Dolphins on the road. They lost 21-14 to the Ravens on the road. I mean, the the road games late in the year, the Buffalo game, you know, again, 27-20. Um, that was a game Bell went for 236. They won 24-20 at Cincinnati, who was done. I'm just concerned that on the road, the Steelers' offense, it just doesn't explode like it does at home and i and i think they're going to have to score some points in this game.
2: Uh that may that may indeed be true, but Emil, i just uh i'm looking at a team here that's won what? 9 games in a row. They're as hot as a firecracker yes. right now. Their confidence is sky high. Um their coach has been a little bit embattled. Uh he's been taking some heat even from uh you know, alumni like Terry Bradshaw. I think they're playing hard for this guy. Listen, that Kansas City game was a game both you and I uh, predicted that they would lose. And they went into Kansas City, uh, which may be the toughest venue in the AFC to go get a playoff win, and they got that done. And uh, they, did it, they did it in a, a grinding fashion. So they're an offensive team and went and won a game defensively, pretty much. Uh, I just think they're playing too well right now for them to be an underdog like this. Uh, New England. Did get the win earlier this year. It was Landry Jones. Now it's Ben Roethlisberger in there. I think we're ex- we're headed for a very exciting game. And if New England does win, I think it's a last-minute type deal. I don't see them blowing out the, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, which is what you're be asking for here with a line like this. I just I don't think see the
3: bookies. I think the bookies in Vegas are leading you into the Steelers the way a quarterback leads a receiver into a safety. Because everything you point out is pure fact. It's the truth. If the, the Landry Jones played the first time. The score was 27-17. Bell didn't go off. Brown didn't go off. Now you're getting six points. The Steelers have won nine in a row. And it's just one of those things where it just, to me, when I I picked it up, it looked too easy. I I expected this to be a a three-and-a-half-point line. I expected Mm -hmm. a hook to make it interesting. I never expected it to be six. Yeah. And... I'm looking at
1: Garrett
2: Blount having rushed for 127 yards in that first meeting. That's not happening again. They're not allowing that. 127 yards, two touchdowns. You had Rob Gronkowski. I think this is where something like not having Gronkowski shows up. He had 93 yards receiving and a touchdown in that game. How long can the Patriots continue to throw to former public's, you know, former grocery store stock boys? At some point, it's got to catch up to you. Um, and you know I've been listening to this. Tom Brady's has not been all that great in his last two playoff games, and that's I wish something we had a little bit more time to talk about. What if he struggles in this and the Steelers lose? What does this will be the most interesting offseason season um, the Patriots have had during the Belichick era if Tom struggles and Steelers win this game?
3: Yeah, but I mean, you mean you mean the decision as to you know at what point you know oh, they, yeah, don't put it by. Been, yeah, you've been cut it by the Patriots the organization
2: over the years, Emil. Um and then now oh, yeah. this is the guy. What do you do when it appears appears that at age thirty nine, going on forty, um, he's not what he used to be. What will they do?
3: Well they have a they have a decision point this year because they're gonna have to do something with, with Mr. Vowels, as I call what's his name, Garafa <laughs> 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 Flop. Right. You're
2: gonna have to do something there. I mean, he's he's worthy yeah. of the paycheck. He's been sitting around so um, it, there might be, Emil, believe it or not, a little pressure on Tom Brady in a way he's never felt pressure before as the lead guy for the New England Patriots coming into this game. Maybe that's a factor.
3: Well, I hate the Patriots because they're so yeah. damn good. So rarely when these games go off the air am I happy. So I'm taking the Patriots minus six. I just, I might as well just mentally hedge on it because I, I –
1: I got it.
2: I, I'm not hedging a damn thing. I don't hate the Patriots. Um, I actually, Emil, would like to see a Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers matchup. You know, uh, in life, you don't always get you don't always get Titans coming together, whether that be in the ring, whether that be on right. the gridiron, whether that be on the basketball court. Um, you, you don't always get greats in a moment like this to come together. So I uh, personally, I'd like to see Tom Brady taking on Aaron Rodgers. But in my mind, I think we might be looking at a Pittsburgh Atlanta. Uh, I almost said World Series. Pittsburgh Atlanta uh, Super Bowl here. That's what I'm thinking.
3: Well, you know, your partner here picked the Steelers to go to the Super Bowl when we did also, our preseason this is, all, show.
2: this is all types of hedging going on. Oh, this is just hedge. Management. I mean I don't want
3: people to know but honestly I feel I mean I'm I'm kidding around I just feel I feel line suspicion here. Um and I've I've been around long enough with New England to have been disappointed many times. Uh, you know, where where you, you get a line like this and you, all the point the, the points that you make, which are very valid and accurate, lead you to saying, Well, I'm gonna take those points against the Patriots and somehow, at the end of the game, you're sitting there, and the final score in this game ends up 30 to 20, and you're saying, "What the hell?" <laughs> yeah, so just, yeah, that, that's why I I'm taking know. the Patriots.
2: Could very well be that, but that's where I'm on. So at least we got a little drama on this one. You and I both think that Atlanta's the play in the NFC game and the AFC game. Um, you're on them, Pats. I'm going to take the Steelers, and that's where we're going to stand on this one. It's a short show today. Folks, but nevertheless, we got into important stuff. We talked about the two biggest things that's going on this weekend, um, outside of an inauguration of Donald Trump.
3: You going to the I'm inauguration? I'm not going today. Just just so you know, I I am uh, I'm, I'm skipping cutting,
2: You had front row tickets, huh? You were going to be right up there.
3: You'd be able to well, read. Uh, you'd be able to read uh, the Bible.
2: You had his hand on, and you decided to turn. Well, it listen, down. I'm a, tell
3: I'm telling you this. I watch President Obama's politics aside. I don't view inauguration... I don't think they're celebrations of people. They're celebrations of something America does, which is we hand over power peacefully, which hasn't been done anyplace else in the world for this long, 240-some years. So that, to me, is what an inauguration is about. It's not a celebration of a victory or anything else. So, I watch them.
2: Interesting. Uh, Yeah, and you're right. Uh, We're passing power without a a rifle being uh, put on someone's shoulder and, and, and bullets being popped off. So for that... Yes, you clap it up. Uh, but it's going to be an interesting four years, Amol. Just, uh, just watching the. Uh, just, Don't just count on it the- being
3: four, Bud. Don't count on it. I'm, I'm, I'm still not sure. At some point, if, if he doesn't get bored or whatever word you want to say, uh, where Fire he says, "Hey, home. I kind of like, I like building hotels more." I'm just not sure if that doesn't happen at some point.
2: I have – listen, and this is the last thing before we go off here because I do got to run. I'm just really interested in what if, the, what if the business that he's left to the boys really starts going sideways while he's in office? What does he do then?
3: Well, that's what – listen, this is going to be like – see, here's what none of us have ever pictured. Forget your politics. We've never had someone who really isn't this much of a politician, not in the modern era. I mean hmm. – you know, maybe back in the 17 or early 1800s when guys just served the country. But this guy is not a politician, so you can't go by what you've seen in his, in historical senses to sure. get a feel for what's going to happen here because he's unlike any other guy we've ever had before.
2: No, he is uh, unique in so many ways. So,
3: yes, uh, <laughs> we will have a
2: new president uh, when we head into this weekend, but we're also going to find out who's playing in the Super Bowl. So um, I'm just absolutely looking forward to that, and I hope you folks all enjoy that this weekend we want to thank you all for listening to us here um on the gridiron stud show football friday edition of the gridiron stud show i want you folks to enjoy your weekend for Emil Calamino, i'm chad wilson thanks for listening to the gridiron stud show